0: Hi, hi, everyone. Hi, Francis.
1: Hi, hi David. Hi, everybody.
0: Oh, beautiful. What a sweet time we have together today to to bask in the the love and the happiness and i I hope you all enjoyed the movie. I really did <laughs> i I thought it was a big healing movie what a what a teaching device. My gosh. Princess and I were talking this morning. It's not easy to to have a movie that kind of shows the involuntary nature of healing that you you can't mess it up, <laughs> even though you try to judge the process. The healing occurs in spite of the judgments and the hesitations <laughs> It's amazing.
1: yeah, that was it. I was thinking watching the movie yesterday, how wonderful to have such Teaching device that actually shows, you know, from a a, such a a bigger perspective, you know, what is truly happening while the characters are busy making their own plans. And, you know, like John Lennon says in the song, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And that's what the, the line that came to mind when I was watching the movie. There seems to be problems and things falling apart. And the two characters, Lisa and uh, George, are quite clueless about how to take everything, what is there to handle. And, And yet at the same time, you can see the spirit is quietly arranging everything, absolutely everything for the good of all of them. You know, without them even knowing what they want, consciously, the spirit is is orchestrating. So that is really where I started to to really think about this involuntary nature of miracles. That is what happy dream feels like. It's involuntary. It is not something that we consciously trying to make happen, consciously trying to learn, consciously trying to solve our problems, constantly trying to heal. It is actually the total opposite and that movie just really gave a a very good picture of it.
0: Yeah, yeah Jesus says in the Course you cannot wake yourself but you can allow yourself to be awakened. Uh, That's a big one. You cannot wake yourself, which means really that the personality self doesn't really have a contribution to make. The only contribution you have to make is your willingness, and that's in your mind. You know when you're willing to heal, when you're willing to heal false perception, when you're really willing to heal distorted perception, um, that little willingness joins with the might and the glory of the Holy Spirit's great willingness, or, or we could say just it's the capability for healing, that's the function that the Holy Spirit has, is, is healing. So the little willingness in mind joined with that, that function and purpose of healing is what ignites the healing, but Francis, it's, isn't it amazing that, that the problems come in when the personality self tries to take responsibility for itself? as a body, as a person through its own learning. Uh, I mean, certainly Lisa in the movie, she was, she was a, an early uh, bloomer, you know, she was hitting the ball off the tee when it looks like this her brother or this, this uh, bigger boy could not seem to get the ball uh, to get out of the batter's box. She cracked that thing as a little girl, a little blonde girl. So she was what we might say, a, a, an achiever. And she was very competent and skilled and take control of her life and go for it, go for it, so much so that you know, she didn't really feel she needed therapy. She should be able to just uh, affirm her way or use her self-help slogans on her mirror to get herself out of a problem instead of going to a therapist for years. So, you know, she only went there because she had one month left that was paid before she was off the team. So she was gonna squeeze in some things, but then she abandoned that quickly and went out the door only to turn around and and ask a, a very important question which which really helped her. But I think the other one, George was more, you know, he strikes me as just this really kind, generous, nice guy. He's just, he's your typical nice guy who happened to get handed an executive position uh, with his father's business that happens to nice guys too you know they just get handed the the job but it comes usually when it comes from your parents or your dad it comes with a lot of strings attached but he was a roll with the flow go with the flow guy you know nice guy nice guy until uh it's like no you're you're being investigated by the federal government for fraud, and you're being indicted, and all these things. And I think he did a good job, though, of, of not uh, buying into the to the uh, whole problem that was being projected onto him. You know, he seemed to be quite uh, quite strong inside at his own goodness. Uh, that he could. That's what he brought to uh, to the healing relationship there. So that's, that's a good thing for all of us because um, it just shows that whether we think we have a very competent personality that's a real go-getter, achiever, I've done it all, I've I've climbed Mount Everest, so to speak, or I've done it all, or it's one of these self-concepts that's like, well, I haven't really done much with my life. I haven't, haven't succeeded on the world's terms. I'm kind of a what uh, some people might say, kind of uh, maybe a loser, (laughs) you know. You see the difference between the got-it-all-together and the loser. But to Jesus, those are both the same. (laughs) Got-it-all-together personality has to be undone, loser personality has to be undone. Same thing, just an opportunity for letting go and, and healing. That's kind of an amazing thing. That fits with a positive negative thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think even like, um, she is this, this one like overachiever and that brought into even the, the healing, you know, um, realm because when they came together for the first dinner, they were both in a very shattered state they were both in a state that they desperately are needing help. And um, so when they first met with each other, how are you doing? How are you doing? Because Paul Haurat didn't know how to answer, honestly. So he just threw the question back, how are you doing? And and Lisa was like, great. (laughs) She she was not going to really crack open. But then she started to see this George character was just a mess. So she was trying to help. some self-help lines, but you can see it's really weak. It's really weak, it, it, it doesn't help him. And it actually annoys herself too, because, because this is a, a voluntary controlled miracle. And it miracle doesn't ca- come from that state of mind, from the past reference, oh, I think this is the right thing to say in this situation. But really what happened was, Then they're like, okay, neither of us have anything good to say, because only the Spirit can correct anything. None of us in the position of channeling the Spirit or inviting the Spirit, let's just say absolutely nothing. Say absolutely nothing. And that was the best thing they could have done. And and Paul Rudd just, okay, let's do this. And then at the end of the dinner, he was so happy. And that's really what I see is the involuntary nature of miracles because we can't consciously direct to think how how I can help, what is I know, what is, or how to help me. But really, we have to give this moment to the spirit. And sometimes the spirit just say, just don't engage with the ego. That's the best you could do. That's it. And then Paul Rudd at the end of the dinner, he was so happy and he was, I, I watched him in this movie, there was no moment in this movie that he figured out how to solve his problem legally, uh, financially, or what even happened to him in the first place. I don't think he even get there. But if you look at the healing the, the, from the spirit's perspective, perspective, the spirit wasn't trying to get him to understand the situation, trying to get himself, maintain his status. The whole thing is the spirit is saying, you know, let's just find happiness. Anytime he reached this point, there's a bad news, there's a bad news. The spirit is like, I'm here too. If you just focus on me, and the spirit does a good job to get his attention, that's for sure. and. You can see, this is so this is such a perfect depiction of how healing happens. Spirit is the healing. Spirit is the happy answer. Spirit is the corrector. Spirit is here, parallel to the problem, thinking. And all that it takes is for us to shift focus. And that's how it happens. You know, and this morning, even I was I was uh, meditating this morning. And I, I remember this little incident. I had a conversation I had with Jason years ago. He he came to my room and he said, oh, I just had this conversation with David. I asked him, how do I heal this? How do I heal this? And all David said was join me. There's, this is the answer to the how question, join me. And I thought, well, this is exactly what the spirit is calling us to do all the time. How do I do this? You don't need to figure out. It's already done. Join me and see it's already done. Join me and see the answer. But this, I just, I, yeah, I absolutely love the, the movie is such a gem because it feels so real how the healing and the involuntary answer that's always there with the characters.
0: Yeah, very heartwarming. I, I like that little Plato's scene too at the end because the, that whole Plato story was about, it just takes the tiniest little adjustment to set everything right, to make everything look amazing. The tiniest little adjustment which was letting go of what the Play-Doh was designed for and invented for, and opening to the happy miracle of turning it into colored Play-Doh that brought joy to hundreds of thousands of of children all over the world with a tiny tweak of purpose Uh, from from it being used to, to remove something from in an industrial way to just playful soft dough that's colored so it, it can be played with and, and bring a sense of joy and satisfaction. So So that's good news for all of us. you know, It's like all the songs we've heard over the years. only takes a minute, girl, to fall in love, to fall in love. You know, the spirit's been singing to us for years about it's, it's a quick, simple fix in your mind. It's the tiniest little tweak, but because of the ego, The ego even turns the spiritual journey into something that seems daunting and complicated. Some of you maybe thought you had, well, I did, I made it through, I survived all these years on planet Earth, and now I get into A Course in Miracles, or I get on the spiritual journey, and now why is it so difficult? I, I mean, I thought before survival was difficult, but now why are these questions that come up so difficult? Why am I having trouble hearing the Holy Spirit and embracing forgiveness. Uh, I think I did a pretty good job. I, I survived, I thrived, I succeeded. Then I, I left all that to, to become enlightened. And now, why does it turn so difficult now? <laughs> but Jesus is saying, well, it's not actually difficult. It's just your perception that it's difficult, uh, you know can God be reached directly? Jesus says, yes. The answer is yes, God can be reached directly. And he does say, perhaps it's the most natural thing in this world, is to reach God directly. So, you know that it, it has to be a tweak if Jesus says that finding God is the most natural thing in the world. So, I, I like you, Francis, I was amazed at that uh, the dinner scene because when they came there, I was aware that they were coming to a, a a dinner date, so to speak, and they were both at the worst points of their life. In fact, when she said, "Do you know this guy, George?" she couldn't even remember his last name. Uh, they pointed down, and he had his head in the table. So he was he was really out of sorts. He, he was at a, at his low point. And she was at her low point. She just had been crying. Uh, before she went there, she was crying because she her whole life as she knew it was gone. So when they both sat down at the table, I, I thought of this line in the course, in the text, where Jesus says, Whoever is the saner of the two, remember your indebtedness to your brother. And I thought, Wow, they're both at, at the low point, they're both insane. <laughs> there, there is no saner of the two. <laughs> In this situation, they're going to a dinner date and they're both in devastation, absolute devastation, even if they won't admit it. They are emotionally devastated. And then came the point of seeing quickly that the platitudes wouldn't work. And and he started to get angry. And she just looked at him almost shocked when he got angry at her and just said, You don't, you don't even know me. Like how? Why are you getting angry at me if you don't even know me? (laughs) And then they went in, she said, Let's just be quiet. And to me, that's how the spirit still answered them through the quietness, through having an enjoyable meal together during the worst day of their life. They felt the joy, they felt the laughter. It wasn't anything that they had to do, it was a little tweak of surrender to let's just be quiet. And they both agreed to it. And when he said, can I talk to the waiter? She, she said, as long as you don't talk about what's going on in your daily life. And then he smiled. And I, you could see he was saying yes to the quiet. And then, wow, the quiet just took over. And that's the way it goes in our life. We don't have to approach spirituality like we do everything else in this world. We have to achieve something. We have to accomplish something. People even study the course like they're studying for for a college exam sometimes. They underline and sign, they they highlight it, they they go over and over it like they're, they have to pass some kind of uh, university exam. And Jesus wants us really to get into the rhythm, get into the silence between the notes, into the, the spaces between the words, and sink into that presence. And then he even says forget this course in lesson 189." So you see how different that is. I don't think any of us had a university professor that said, forget this course. <laughs> they said, study and do everything on the syllabus and pass all the exams or, or I'll fail you, is what they told us. They didn't really teach us, they were, we were so loved that in the end we would just forget the course. We wouldn't even need the course uh, when it was over, and that's what Jesus is telling us now with his course.
1: And how synchronistic is it today's lesson is I, the world I see holds nothing that I want. This is, this is the lesson on our happy dream retreat, where Jesus wants us to end the note on. You know this is when we talk about happy dream, what Jesus wants us to say is not not like we have to pursue the happy dream, but we have to stop pursuing what doesn't make us happy, which is this world.
0: Yeah, that's it. I, I, funny that I even mentioned that <laughs> on, on Friday, and here we are on Sunday, and, and that's the lesson of the day. The world I see holds nothing that I want. I was telling Francis too, many, many years ago, actually decades ago, I I was invited to Lexington, Kentucky by a, a man who was a Course a Miracles student, but he was also a concert uh, violinist. He was uh, I think he was maybe first violin in in the Lexington Um Symphony Orchestra. And so I after I gave a little talk, I think at the church in the morning, I did a little workshop in the afternoon and and I was answering questions and then finally this man, Mason was his name, raised his hand and and he said, because I had mentioned lesson 128, the world I see holds nothing that I want, and he raised his hand, he was my host, he raised his hand and he said, that's the day that I quit doing the course. I actually stopped doing the workbook lessons when I read uh, that lesson that you're quoting, the world I see holds nothing I want. I said, well how did it go for you? He said, Well, I just said to myself, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. I don't relate to this, it's not me. I don't relate at all to this uh, statement. Uh, And he absolutely closed the workbook and he stopped doing the course and the workbook on that day when he had reached that lesson. So he looked at me and he said, well, what do you have to say? And I smiled and I said, you know, Lesson 129 is is so good. And he said, what's that? <laughs> he, never, he didn't get there. He, he shut Jesus off at 128. I said, well, Jesus always, he'll give it to you straight, but then he always points you in the direction, not of where you shouldn't go, but where, where your your devotion is required. He'll always point you in the direction of the answer. He never leaves you hanging. He, he does these tandems where lesson 128 is the world I see holds nothing that I want. And Mason was like, okay, all right, all right, what's 129? And I said, beyond this world is a world I want. You see how positive that is? You see how Jesus doesn't leave you hanging there? He just says, there's the happy dream world, the real world, the healed world, the, the forgiven world is the world that you want. And the whole lesson is focused on that. Beyond this world is the world I want. And Mason just got the biggest smile on his face. And he said, okay, I think I, I got to give this another try. But so Jesus even used him stopping the book and stopping to do the lessons. Even though Jesus says, even if some of these lessons you may not believe in, some of these lessons you may actively resist, it does not matter. Just do them. And then Mason was like, no, I'm not even going to do that. (laughs) And then Jesus playfully came in and said, oh, you see, through me, he was saying, oh, it's inviting. I'm inviting you into happiness is what I'm doing. It's not, don't think of it as a heavy thing that you should do or you feel that you're coerced to do. This is a happy thing. You want to be happy and I'm inviting you into the happiness. And that's how I, I've, I perceive the Course. I've seen him do that with many lesson combinations. You know, it's like in the world, they say good cop, bad cop. You know, Jesus is, okay, he's uncompromising at times, extremely uncompromising, which we love about him. We like our way shower to be uncompromising, even though the ego doesn't like that part at all. And then he comes in with all the angels and gently, softly whooshes a soft breeze through our heart and we go oh yeah that's it that's it but you have to have both together in order to accept the correction you really have to come to a point of seeing that you don't want what the this projected world has to offer
1: yeah and and i also just know that it is truly the spirit's job to convince us thus You know because yesterday i i think i heard one question uh at peter's session q a about how you know i still want i still want things in this world or something to that extent but i i heard peter's beautiful answer and i think it is true you know let's trust the spirit has only one function which is to heal us to correct spirit has no other functions whatsoever. And Spirit will fulfill His function. And we that's really what calls for our faith and trust, not our own effort and our own strength, but the strength of the Holy Spirit to do His function, to heal, to, to present us with these experiences where we are going to be convinced. And that is, that is, you know, sometimes I, I, I read what Jesus talks about. This is the only function the Holy Spirit has, and he, he knows what He's doing, basically. Just brings great comfort to my heart. Yeah, why do I doubt? Who am I doubting? You know, even the movie yesterday, I left the movie with this thought in my mind if, if God is with me, who is against me? If God wants me happy, If God wants me happy, (laughs) what is there to worry? Who doesn't want me happy then? You know, the ego, what is, why do I give so much faith and trust to the power of the ego when the fact is the Holy Spirit and God wants me happy? And this movie shows, yeah, do they know their own best interest all along the way? not till the very last scene of the movie, they don't even, didn't have any clue of what they want. And yet there is one that knows. There is one that knows his will and it's the same as our own will, how to be happy. And that is just, um, that's why we can relax. That's because we're not relying on our own, on our own decisions and our, on our own will
0: yeah, it's beautiful to, to realize that it's not a a journey of chance or fortune that it's 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 our destiny. The script is written. you can't mess it up. And you really just have to have the faith and have the trust to keep watching the the, the screen, to watch the dream, to to watch the steps as they come to you. That there was that scene when they were both, um, where she was standing outside calling him, pretending she was somewhere else. And he was looking over and knew she was down there, but he pretended he didn't see her. They were so afraid of love. They were pretending, pretending, pretending. That's, that's a scene that Frances remembered. She saw the movie years ago and it's flashed on her like, oh my God, that scene she remembered, <laughs> that phone scene from years ago, before before the course probably even, it was very old, but, uh, but actually what that was was then when they did finally come together, um, it was very awkward. Every single time they came together, it was awkward. Uh, even in the elevator, he was so into his stuff in his mind that, that he didn't even recognize her, that she was next to him and she had to call his name George, before he turned, he was shocked. Lisa, you know, he, he was in the same elevator, just the two of them in an elevator and they didn't recognize each other at first. But every single time it was it was a bit awkward. And, and yet that scene where they went to see uh, Annie with her baby in the hospital, uh, that was a beautiful scene too because it was all involuntary. He had already said, I don't have any plans, but I do, if uh, my uh, friend is uh, pregnant, and so I might need if, need to go there. And she said, oh, okay. And then she hesitated, but she went along. And that was involuntary too, because that showed them so much. But I think that's that's what we're really learning from from practicing the Course, is we have to trust. We really do need trust, that's the first, characteristic of a teacher of God, and then if we have the trust, we do need to line up and, and learn to, to pray and listen and follow, because we can't rely on past learning to uh, free us from this world. The past learning got us into this mess, <laughs> and the past learning is not going to get us out of duality and fragmentation. Only the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit will be able to instruct us So it's beautiful that that we can focus so much on the correction and put all of our mind energy and prayer on on listening and following and becoming more intuitive and finally becoming 100% intuitive which will free us from the world when we're 100% intuitive. But as long as we're just trying to do the back and forth, some ego, belief and faith and some faith in the spirit, then we seem to get mixed results and oftentimes interpret that in a very uh, dark way when we uh, seem to have mixed results. So precious, so precious. Well Francis and I took a little time to go over uh, a lot of your questions and some of them are are metaphysical questions. One was about the atonement. Um, One, uh, I think uh, Lee Soo from Korea was saying, why doesn't the course get into detail about how the separation occurred? (laughs) Whereas the Urantia book does. (laughs) And there's metaphysical questions which I'm always happy to answer. And then there's always, Real intimate um, questions about what's going on in your spiritual practice, but um, but I will say in short that the course is a is a mind training tool or a mind training device to help you listen and follow the Holy Spirit. It's it's a it's a device that's focused almost entirely on on accepting the correction, and you do have to unveil the unconscious belief system to do that, but but Jesus, he doesn't go into the fall from grace. Um, he hardly uh, gives it any, um, I think he might give it one sentence in the in the whole uh, Genesis, it goes into detail, and the Rancho book goes into detail, and, and in The Course in Miracles, Jesus, I think he gives a separation really like one one sentence. Into eternity where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. One sentence. He's not into describing the impossible because Jesus knows that separation from God isn't actually possible, so why would he give details on something that could never happen. (laughs) Don't you see? (laughs) Wouldn't you spend most of your time and words teaching how to realize it never happened, (laughs) teaching how to forgive, teaching how to find the holy instant in the present moment? You see, Jesus is, is not caught up into the analytical thinking of the world, which is, diagnose the problem, look back into the past and see what caused the problem. And Jesus is so transcendent, he knows the problem doesn't even exist. So now he's got to use words and language to reach a mind that believes it does exist, that, that believes the separation has happened. So, you know, and Su, I know you were asking that question, but Jesus does say in the clarification of terms, the ego will ask many questions that this course has no answer for how did the separation occur, to whom did the separation occur, and many others. So all he does is he gives you one line in the middle of his text, and then at the end in the clarification of terms at the back of the book, he basically says it's the ego that's asking that question. Uh, I laugh when I, when I read that because I travel all over the world to 44 countries, and that's the number one question I get all over the world, is how could this happen in the first place? And Bill and Helen even asked Jesus at one point. They did ask him that that question. But basically, Jesus knows that there is no conceptual answer to something that never happened. He has to actually come in a different direction. He has to come and say, why don't you just follow what I'm asking you to do? and follow my thoughts, my train of thoughts, and learn to merge and follow what I'm asking you to do, and then you will come to an experience that will end your doubting. You'll come into an actual direct experience that you're one with God. You see? He has to do that. This is not an analytical course. And and anybody who tries to teach it or learn it from a linear Perspective is going to be confounded. They're going to be confused. Admittedly, we Francis and I have been doing these online retreats for I don't know years, some some years, and much of the questions that you write in from your perspective are very practical because they're dealing with things that you're dealing with in a daily your daily life. But Francis, this morning she was when I called her, her face was all lit up, and the first thing, she's like, wow, the lesson today, The world I see holds nothing that I want. She was just beaming and glowing from reading the lesson (laughs) of the day. And you see how different that is from trying to analyze and figure out the course. You know, that's why we always are saying we're so much into the practical application, to making no exceptions, to to living this moment by moment, living it to the fullest, that in the end the, the questions dissolve. I think that's what we could say, the, the, the questions do fall away because you have an experience in which they don't make any sense anymore, any of them. And that's, that's what this whole thing is about, that's what the happy dream retreat is about too. <laughs> 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 and to me that's how Jesus coaxed me, I mean it was definitely a convincing job, but the way he coaxed me into the experience was he said, will you, will you follow me and will you be truly helpful for me? And I said, yes. Well, I didn't know all that that yes meant when I said yes, yes, because that was basically saying no to everything of the world, that was saying no to ambitions, that was saying no to future goals, that was saying no to my family self-concept, that was saying no to my friendship self concepts. I was saying no to everything I thought I knew about the world, or of politics, or of even of science, of, of ten years of university, I didn't realize my one yes to Jesus meant no to the rest. <laughs> you know, at, at first you don't realize the full extent of what the yes is. But the, you know, some of you, I, Rich, you've studied Eastern religions, netty neti, not this, not that. Well, when you say yes to Jesus, that's netty neti to everything. <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> you know, at least the Buddhists don't have to deal with it because they're not saying yes to Jesus in their own way, they're saying yes to to oneness or life or whatever they perceive, not a deity. but but they are saying neti neti. that's what Advaita Veda Vedanta is is not two. They're, they They start off with the not two. It's just one, not two. And then how do you practically apply not to in your daily life? When it comes to your relationship, not to. Oh, my God. (laughs) When it comes to your family, not to. When it comes to finding your food for the day, not to. You know, you can see where you have to be really God-dependent. You've got to really be in the guidance in order to live in integrity with this not Not to stuff. I mean, a lot of times I love listening to non dual teachers and they will hammer, they will just say for like an hour and a half, there's no doer, there's no doer, there's no doer, there's no doer for like an hour and a half. But they don't seem really happy. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, who are you talking to? Where's your, where's your laughter and your smile? If it's, if it's, there's no doer. There's no doer. So, for me, I had to admit. I, I said, all right, Jesus, I say yes, and I believe in David. <laughs> the, I believe the character the character of David is who I am. And he's like, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. That's a good start. Uh, we can, we can, I can work with that. Uh, now, I'm just gonna. Guides you, and I'm going to speak through you, and you're going to seem to travel and do all the things that you never wanted to do. <laughs> but I'm going to make it enjoyable. Okay, I, that, that's a little. My heart's pounding a little bit there. <laughs> like, where? What are we going to do? We're going traveling. I I don't like to travel. He said, I know. <laughs> that's why we're going traveling, because <laughs> because you don't like to travel. <laughs> you see. And that's where it goes from there. You know, every I have to go through the neti neti of all the preferences, the self concept, the beliefs, what I feel is right and wrong, morality, ethics. You know, all the things that make up the self concept. And then he says, "Just follow me, and uh, I'll take care of the undoing of all of that. And you personally can't do it because." You believe that you're a person, and that is a reflection of the problem. that That isn't the solution. So we're going to have to play this game of listen, follow, and really, Francis. Is that that's been our whole life? We left behind, you know, jobs, careers, families. We've left behind so many things that seem to be, you know, the status quo of the world. Just trusting that we would listen and follow, and just trusting that by following the spirit, we would be taken into a state of happiness that was always always there, but we didn't see it. And so, that's why I have to say that I don't see the Course in Miracles at all as an intellectual endeavor. Um, sometimes people will say, "Ah, it's." Some people tell me it's 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 too intellectual. And then my non-dual friends say, the course isn't strictly non-dual. And I say, well, yeah, it's a book, but <laughs> it's got words and everything. But believe me, the presence behind this book is, is definitely non-dual for sure. I'm not going to even get into debating about the words or all those things. But I think you you actually have to get to a point where you you don't look to scientific research to guide your life. You don't look to people's advice to guide your life. Uh, Occasionally, when you're really humble and open, the Holy Spirit can speak through people to you, they can speak directly to you, and it's very, very helpful. But you really have to be in a place of surrender and willingness to see that that's the Holy Spirit giving you the answer through this person because otherwise you just chalk it up as, oh, that's their opinion. <laughs> and, and we all know how that goes, then you label and dismiss, you know. So it's, it's truly a, a journey of listen and follow. And, and it goes really, really deep. I know uh, Nana, also Nana wrote a real deep uh, expression and in, in question, but it was all around uh, choice. And that was I think, so deep. I don't know, Francis, do you feel we want to try to dive into something like that 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 was such a beautiful, deep expression.
1: Mhm, yeah, should I read it first? It's
0: uh yeah, you could maybe summarize the first part of it, and then the second part of it starts to get into uh, uh the whole question of choice, but right. the first I think she's had a lot of a direct experience with Jesus. Kind of like in her in her awareness,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, she was just describing the experience. She f- feel like there was moments of activation. It's like something Jesus or Christ was activated in me, and he's seemingly in the process of blooming in me. Um from time to time, I have this feeling that is already done. The journey is finished. I am awake. But my awareness isn't there yet, as if my awareness is just in the process of keeping up with what is already done. And all I can do is to observe how my life unfolds like watching a movie. I don't need to try or or not try anything. It's done. And at the same time, it's unfolding. So that's that's the experience that sometimes as she's she's tapping into. And
0: yes. I think we could check too see if if Nana's with us today in the studio we can see we could bring her on screen because that that was like this experience she was saying of having these deep knowings where she simply prayed for healing she he had an experience of the healing, and then that was it. It was like a deep knowing there there was a, a recognition or an experience, and then it would seem to shift in awareness where she would still have a a frustration I think that's where the the latter part uh of the the question and she says is if god was was waiting for me to make the prayer. No further asking is needed, and it feels like Jesus is calling me to just stay with this knowing with him and watch the movie unfold. I don't even need to do the right thing. But then this idea of guidance came up again and it seems like there is a choice to follow or not follow. But when I have these knowings, the idea of choice feels irrelevant okay? It feels more like a destiny. So I asked Jesus that what about doing the right or wrong thing, following or not following the guidance? And the answer was again this feeling, you aren't that body, you aren't that character, you don't need to worry about what it does or doesn't do. And that The body doing right or wrong has nothing to do with what I really am, the mind. And Jesus is inviting me, don't worry about the body, just observe that the body is just another dream character in the dream. And then I had this realization that I was looking at the idea of following the guidance in terms of the body doing something but the guidance isn't for the body, it's for the mind. So I guess I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about any of this. These knowings seem quite radical sometimes, but at the same time, it's so relaxing, peaceful, and profound. In the moment I feel like this is true, but after some time it feels too radical and doubt comes in. But I love these ideas. When I remember these knowings and stay with them, I don't have any worry about the future or about any decisions, any behaviors. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any thoughts about this? All right, thank you, Nana. This is a perfect place to ask that The a happy dream retreat because that's like when you come into those moments of merge, of complete contentment, there are no questions, there, there isn't a nana, it's just this merge with Jesus. And that's what's getting activated is this merge. The thing about it is with guidance, you're right. What Jesus told you is that, that it's not for the body. And Francis and I, we did a whole weekend retreat on guidance, which is still on the internet. And we, we said that guidance is never for the future. It, it's always for, to bring you into the present moment, it's always to bring you into the merge of this knowing that you're feeling, when you feel these knowing feelings. That's the only purpose of guidance. It's not to find your soulmate, it's not to fi- figure out what you're going to do in the future with your life or your behaviors or anything, it's just for that knowing, for that merge. Now your question comes up though is when you feel a hesitation or a doubt is that, that there is a difference between following and not following just in that um, following is, is in alignment with the merge and not following is an ego attempt to not be in alignment, to have a will of its own. And this is the question of purpose. So really your question is, where does choice come into this? Because when I go into the knowing, it's, it's just isness. It's just pure beingness. There, there is no choice in, in the merge with the Christ mind. There's no choice at all. However, for a mind that is split, uh, the mind believes in two things. It believes in love and fear and fear has its own purpose and love has its own purpose. So the the mind training or the guidance is like you heard in in your connection with Jesus, it's all about the mind. The guidance is not for the body. And even in this movie we could see that when they came together up at uh, his apartment when she was on the phone and pretending she was somewhere else and he was pretending he didn't see her. When they came together in the apartment, it was a little awkward again, but they really didn't, you know, she said at the door, I I should go. You know, she was so conflicted (laughs) that she wasn't even sure she should be there. And he's like, no, no, good, come in, come in, come in. And then they were called away to go to the hospital scene and involuntarily were shown witnessing a scene that that started to show them the, the love that was present right there. So really your question is, is there actually choice? And in heaven there is no choice, but when the mind is going through this, we'll call it a conversion process from linear time to vertical to total alignment with the Holy Spirit, the, the choice is always one of purpose, and only of purpose. It has nothing to do with the body and nothing to do with behavior. So of all the books that I've kind of channeled from Spirit and Jesus, the smallest one I ever did was called Purpose is the Only Choice. J- Jason would use to take this to the the Swiss mountains and just read one sentence and and meditate for hours on, then he'd read another sentence. And then he would just take it's 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 very tiny, it's much smaller than the course. But it's called purpose is the only choice. And that's what you're merging with. You're merging with the purpose of forgiveness. And when you feel a doubt thought, that is that is the split mind, that is the ego trying to draw you back onto the timeline, you know, draw you back, what's Nana gonna do in the future, you know, worries about whatever, concerns around the body. And you see, it's just trying to draw you back away from the light. Uh, so, what I was talking to Francis, when we read through your, uh, your question and your expression this morning, I was saying, well, think of it this way, In the most simple terms, the Holy Spirit uses the body and the world for for only one thing, and that's communication, which is kind of what you've been doing a lot with your volunteering. It's It's pretty much a communication function, words and posts and so on and so forth. But the ego uses the body for pride, for pleasure, and for attack. So you can start to realize that whenever your mind is drawn to things like pleasure or the comfort of the body, the conveniences of the body, all kinds of nuances around, we'll call it pleasure. Um, It's not really physical pleasure because really there is no such thing as physical pleasure because everything is mental, but something that Seems to bring you a moment of temporary pleasure that draws your attention back to the world. That's what you have to watch out for in, in this transition right now. And that's, and then the pride part is whenever we think we personally know anything about anything, you know, if, if we put our if we jump back onto the timeline and we think of spirituality even or or intellectual achievement, or or doing, achieving, accomplishing anything at all in the world in terms of the body, that's all a temptation to pride, which is this purpose of the ego to keep you from knowing who you are. And then attack would be anytime you have a grievance, you have a moment of irritation, a moment of annoyance where you, you think that's just not right, or Why did I say that? Why did they say that? Did you see the look that they give me? I'm not going to do video calls anymore if they're going to give me a look like, you know, all the kind of little chattery things like a little squirrel in there. That's all the belief in attack because the ego is the belief in attack. And then it tries to use the body for that attack through words, actions, so on and so forth. So really your question is, do I really have a choice? and you you could say, in a practical way, the choice that you always would face would be one of purpose. And when you merge with Jesus, you are merging in that that purpose of forgiveness. It's not forgiveness like the world teaches it, because it's 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 just a merge with all that is. You're not forgiving something specific. You're actually, Letting go into your right mind, into your alignment with the Christ, which is everything, and that's why it feels so relaxing, and that's why it feels no cares, no worries. You know, it's better than Akunamatada. <laughs> it's the it's the best it's the best experience there is. But but choice only enters as a temptation to to believe that there's something else. Other than that union, and then it plays out in these other ways: pride, pleasure, and attack. So there you are, everybody. Thank you, Nana. You—that was a deep one. We—that <laughs> was the last, the last expression that came in, and I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's for everyone. <laughs> that's for everyone. well we we started uh doing these um interactions a bit on on Friday, but we always leave time for uh for these interactions um, I could see while I was answering uh nana that that i I remembered uh, I think uh, there was a question in there on the atonement. Can you speak on the atonement? Well, we wiped that one out. I spoke on the atonement in, in that one. Um, there was also questions about um, the, a number of topics, but I think, I don't know, how do you feel, Francis. You want to just, so we just jump into the, uh, the face-to-face interactions? Yeah, I
1: think so.
0: There's so many beautiful questions here, but Porsche. I see the hands going up. Porsche's there. There.
2: The host is not allowing. Okay, am I unmuted?
0: Yes, we hear you loud and clear. Okay.
3: I just loved that last question and want to thank her for um, just pulled me right into this same query. And I've made some really um, happy sense that I just wanted to kind of testify about. So I've known, I always know about your retreats coming up. You're always on my radar. And I, sometimes I question into it, but mostly it just comes about that. Oh yeah. Okay. That's what you're talking about. All right. I'll sign up. So there came the question with this kind of, um, guidance and signs. At one point, it always seems like something is shown me to focus on. And then it happens a couple of days later that I I get what the reference why spirit showed me. Like for this week, it was I have this softball in my shoe rack that I use as a I lay on it to kind of get this kink out of my hip. (laughs) It's a tool. And I haven't used it for a while, but my, my, my eyes were drawn to it. And on it, it says League. And that was like Wednesday. And so I just kind of collect these impressions. And then as I woke up Friday morning, I was really groggy. And as I passed by my laptop, Spirit said the word roster. And I was so groggy, I, I said, roster? And then it was, what? so then I, so I, you know, I let it collect. And then I got on Facebook. I remembered I'd gotten on Facebook the night before and you'd announced the movie. And I saw that, that I read the thing about the baseball and then it just all clicked in. So I went roster and then I heard register. I said, okay, I guess I have the money. I, I'll register. So there was a time, and this is, the way that it happens for me a lot. There was a time where I thought, well, do I have a choice? And if I choose wrong, am I wrong? Am I making like like what she was just talking about? Do I, what's the deal with these kinds of prompts? And the way that it's kind of come to reconcile for me is I really want peace and joy. And I don't know how to get it. And I'm not attracted necessarily to the things in the past that used to be the, oh, you know that if you do that, you'll, have, you'll be happy. A lot of those have just fallen away. So I take it now as it doesn't matter if I say yes or no, as far as I know that I'm good enough and that I'm a chosen child of God, like everyone is. Like nothing changes in my worthiness. Depending on if I say yes or no. But now I know that whenever I say yes, I'm really happy. And it doesn't mean um, like the choices themselves are not how I used to take it. Like, will you follow? Will you pass this test and prove that you're good enough and worthy? It's like this loving, generous God that says, have this, you'll be so happy if you follow and do this. And it always pays off. Like David, I'll just share that little moment when I picked up you in Swava. I can't remember if you you remember what I said, but so a few days before I was asking Spirit how to drive to this place that I drive to twice a week. What path shall I take? And it was a road I usually don't take. And when it came the invitation to pick up David and Swaba from the airport and take him to Camas, it was exactly that road. So I had, there was no moment of delay. It was, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. It will be a happiness. It will be serving purpose. And serving purpose is my only, the best element of the happy dream to me. So it's just phenomenal. And it's, I love the way she posed the questions because I've had lots of those moments of recognition of the total perfection. And I could just sit here and be revel, revel in it, but God loves us so much. He gives us these impulses and these forward, forward, precognition of what to follow, like little breadcrumbs. And I don't think I'd feel sane Did I not hear these kinds of things from your guys' mouths? I think I think I was going insane, that I'm just making stuff up or whatever. So thank you for um, being this clear witness that I just love living like this. So thanks.
4: Yeah,
0: thank you, Portia. You're verbalizing it. For, for us, for everyone, it's almost like the little signs and symbols you get, the softball and the word roster and register and everything, those are like the little breadcrumbs. And then when you have that merge feeling, everything is, is gone. You don't even need the breadcrumbs. And that's what Nana was saying. You know, I, She says, I, I'm connecting with Jesus. He's blooming in me now. I like the way the early part of her statement, she's said, Jesus is like blooming in me now and I'm activated in in Jesus. And then the observer role is just observing the dream. And then Jesus said, it doesn't matter what the dream characters do or don't do. You know, the lesson is be with me. This is what even he told Helen Schuchman at the end of all this seven plus years of of struggling to, to channel A Course in Miracles basically Jesus said, I love you. <laughs> it was all about the love. It wasn't even about the, the book. It wasn't even about dictating and taking the book down. You see, from a human perspective, it's like, Ooh, that was a one hell of a task you gave me, Jesus. And he's like, I love you. And and that's what it was all about. It, it all came down to an I love you. Nothing about about the book or what it would do for future generations or how helpful it would be for all the people. No, it was just all a, a love letter. It was a, a pretty big love letter, but, but the love was behind it. So I think that was so great about what Nana was sharing was that when you're aware that you're dreaming, you're, you're very, very, very calm. It's when you identify with the body or the person or the dream figure, then it gets chaotic. It gets stressful, anxious, fearful, and so forth. Because that's not the the healing. The healing is just to observe. And when you observe, it's not like you're not in a position of trying to break apart, do this, do that. Like when you're watching a movie, you're there feeling the emotions and you're watching the characters do what they're doing but it's not like you can get your fingers on those characters and say now you go there you should be with him and you do this you know kids like to do this little children when they're playing you know GI Joe or Barbie dolls they they tell the figures what to say and they do the things and no you leave now okay I'm leaving you know Little popsicle stick things, you know, we used to do. That's the ego believes it can actually do that, and then the, Jesus is saying, "No, watch with me. Just watch it. There really, there's nothing really happening. There aren't really any doers. These, that's just the concept you believe in. <laughs> there, it's like it's like leaves dancing in the wind to the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there aren't body leaves and Plant leaves and you know caterpillar leaves. You know they're just leaves blowing in the wind simultaneously. <laughs> it's, but you have to train your mind to let go of the thoughts that are that you are something on the screen. You see, so that's why with Nana, she was being told by Jesus, just be with me and just just observe the characters. The guidance is not about do this or do that. It, it's, those can be the breadcrumbs, those are your breadcrumbs, you're sharing with everybody, it's okay to have the breadcrumbs. Everyone's like, thank you Portia, <laughs> thank you for the breadcrumbs. I can relate to Portia's breadcrumbs. And then ultimately when you start to give yourself over to this merge, then the breadcrumbs aren't, aren't there either. You know, there's, there's no need for the breadcrumbs <laughs> at that point when you merge. So that's, I think this is so beautiful, both Nana and then you, Portia, because you're, you're showing the practicality of this. Like the spirit uses everything. The spirit uses what you believe in. And the spirit gets your attention with these symbols. The, and sometimes they, they don't mean anything until it clicks. You know, softball, oh, roster, oh, it's movies, it has a, a woman who's a baseball player, you know. Oh, her boyfriend Maddie's a baseball player. You see, now it all, oh, oh of course, okay, thank you, you got me. But it's involuntary too. It's not like uh, the spirit has got Portia. <laughs> it, it just got your mind's attention is what it got. That's the main thing, Yeah
1: yeah thank you i mean i I also just feel like the spirit's guidance is truly um, relieving us from having to make decisions and that is where enables our mind to be able to rest just rest because our mind is not really made to judge the situations so that to make decisions on our own and and it's just such a a wrong direction of mind energy to make decisions for this world. So this, you know, I remember when I came to the monastery, um, you know, at the early time and maybe the second time I came, I got a six months visa so that I can stay in the US for six months. And then I met with David. Maybe the third day or fourth day I arrived in the monastery, and I said, "What should I do after the six months?" And David said, "Wait, you you only arrived. It's." It's a long time away, and I thought, but I cannot rest. I need to make a decision because six months is very short. But then, what happened was the week before I was my time was due to leave. There was a house donated in Canada to be used for peace as a peace house for anybody who wants to be there to connect with David's teachings. So I was sent there to steer the house, but that was, you know, over over the period of time of this journey, truly guidance came in so much at the time when we really need to make a decision, the decision was made for us, and we can plug in to say, yes, listen and follow and rest in this state of peace and be convinced, be convinced that that we are carried, you know, the, everything is carried, is 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 a scripted, it's already happened. But our mind can truly join with the spirit in this trust and in this peace. <laughs>
0: uh, thank you, thank you. I think right before we go to our our next interaction here, I just looked right down my phone and. Uh, Our friend Lucy Lucy Ricks. Lucy, maybe we can bring you on screen. This this is like a prayer. This is like a happy song. Uh, Lucy is over in the UK, but she wrote, Dear David and Francis, I was sitting and looking out at the garden just now, and I realized that I feel so real, For the first time, I feel alive and reborn with a purpose so holy that I can't contain myself. I joined the retreat today to just gaze and love and bless with my heart all the beautiful faces of these amazing friends that strengthen my heart, my faith, my trust, and my love each and every day. This living presence inside has become so strong, I feel that I could walk over the water just to reach out with His embrace. The love of our Father has ignited my heart. The borders in my heart have disappeared and I am poured out at your feet, all oh, my love, Lucy. So that's our interlude before we get to the next one. How's that for an expression? Wow, Lucy, Lucy, <laughs> that's so beautiful. That speaks for all of us, you know, because you're, you're speaking from that state of mind, of joy, of love, of overflowing gratitude, and how everything is transformed in that state of mind. And that's what we, we need for our happy dream retreat. We just, we, we need a witness. And there's a witness of, of that beautiful state of mind. So thank you, thank you, Lucy. Okay, well, Sabine, Sabine's got her, her digital hand up.
5: Hi, hi everyone, hi. <laughs> Now I'm in a better state of mind (laughs) than on Friday. (laughs) So the retreat was really so beautiful. And really Nana's writing, it was like, I'm so happy that she was writing this because it was so in my mind and she is really putting it in words. And this really, I felt, oh wow, this is, (laughs) it's only beautiful. And yeah, and with this, Exactly with this with this choice thing, when I'm not in this right mind, then it's coming and it's coming, maybe I have a choice. And actually, with this going into a job again, I was really struggling with this all the months ago, because it seemed like I have to do this, I have to do this, but with this Yeah, when I'm aligned with Jesus, then it's not a question because it's like it does not matter where I am. I was often so, I was judging, you know, it's like I'm judging what is good and what's not good. So I'm not really open and I don't know where Jesus want me to go. I don't know. And I'm all, I was blocking everything with my judgments again. (laughs) So, it, really, I had this question before, when I thought, oh, can I go in a worldly, uh, in my profession back? Because I thought, okay, I, I'm doing this uh, translating thing. And this is really so, so beautiful. It brings me really deep, deep, deep inside. And I forget time. And I thought, I can only do this. But it's a judgment again, because I don't know, I really don't know nothing. And when I lay aside all judgment, then you always said spirit can use everything. And maybe I can be with persons and train my mind to be in peace, to be present. (laughs) I don't know. And this is really free. It's really free. (laughs) And. Yeah, it's, it's all this and to, to share my love with everyone. That's the only thing. And I actually had a, some kind of miracle yesterday. My brother, uh, we had, have not much contact, but he was sending me two photos <clears throat> from 40 years ago when I had my confirmation <laughs> with him together. We were only one year uh, between us in front of uh, church, we were standing there, and it was my confirmation, it, it came yesterday, and I what, what is this, <laughs> so it was really, yeah, my confirmation to God, I gave there, and I got the picture yesterday, <laughs> again, with my mother and my father beside us, my father is not living anymore, and so we're all together, we were all together in this, and it was such a beautiful picture, <laughs> and today, it's Mother's Day, you know, and I'm never really celebrating this, I don't know, I don't need this. And my, my son, who is depressed and he is still living here, he came today came and said, I have a present for you. And what? You? I've never expected this. And he gave me white roses. <laughs> So I was, this, this is so beautiful, it's really like a sign I'm here with you always and forget about these other thoughts, this ego and it's so, I don't like this anymore, I don't want. <laughs> so it's really, really, really beautiful and I really, I really so appreciate all this and yeah, I just wanted to share this with you all and I'm <laughs> really <laughs> so grateful.
0: Thank you, Sabine. Thank you so much. you know you're you're bringing up this thing like I've been around the world, all these countries, forty four countries, and sometimes I'll just be sitting with somebody in their apartment or the living room, and they'd say, "I wish I could just meditate all day long, and I didn't have to do all this other stuff." or I wish I could just pray without ceasing. just pray all day long without having to do anything else." And the thing about it is, is we do pray without ceasing and, and we, do, we are in touch with our mind, the power of our mind and the, our thoughts of consciousness are, are rolling through, rolling through and, and it is continuous. And even the question that Nana raised and that you're raising and that Portia raised about decisions, I'll call them decisions and choices, Jesus says in in the rules for decision section of the course, he says decisions are continuous, although you're not always aware of them. But decisions are continuous, so it's not like we make a decision, and then we pause, debate, analyze, and then we make another decision, pause. No, they're actually continuous, and then. Some of them we're not aware of. Some of them are in the unconscious mind. I remember one time i when i Jesus was telling me, some of your decisions are unconscious, I said, "What does that even mean?" And he said, those are beliefs when you when you believe something's true, you assume something to be true, but you don't question it. It's just an unconscious decision you've you've decided something. I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm an American. I'm Chinese, Japanese. I'm European. That's a that's a decision. We 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 say no, no. I was born. I, Mom and dad did that to me. Jesus, I didn't do that. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Your mind is powerful, and everything you believe, everything you think about yourself, is is a belief, a thought, and then ultimately a decision too. Now, what Nana was starting to realize through these merging experiences with Jesus blooming in her heart, she started to realize, "Oh my gosh, when I'm in this merge with Jesus, there's it doesn't seem like a decision. It's just a state. It's a state, state of mind. It's it's happy, it's joyful, but there's no decisions in there." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then the unconscious mind will still try to come up with, "What do I have to do?" You see. And when it does that, it divides the world up. It it says, oh, Sabine, oh, Sabine, when you're living with certain people, you'll be happy, but but not if you're interacting with other people. And when you're just singing and dancing and and doing exercises and playing around in the grass, then you'll be happy. But when you're at a job, oh, no, you can't be happy at a job. (laughs) You see? The ego will try to divide the world up into the things that you can do to be happy and the things that you can't do to be happy. That's that's what it does, it judges everything. Now we're all feeling we want to be happy all the time. We would really like to be happy all the time. And Jesus is like, good, that's the way God created you. God created you happy. God created you joyful. and." It's only these thoughts that try to lure you to to analyze something or to figure something out. And it's like this bean character, you're putting a lot of thought into this character. Like, you know, and here, even on Mother's Day, you're like, no, I don't even believe I'm a mother. And then you get roses anyway, still. Jesus still is sending you flowers. These are symbols, you know, like I, I love you more than you can know. I, I, I bring you white roses on Mother's Day, even though you don't believe in motherhood anymore. <laughs> Your son, Jesus is like, that's good. Well, I'll still send him, send him in with the roses because it's all about the joy and the gratitude and the happiness. And it's not ever about trying to figure our identity out in the world. We, we're here to forgive the make-believe self and we're here to accept the spiritual, the real self. So you're doing it, you're doing it, you know? And it's, it's a, you're doing it in your mind, it's not Sabine doing it. <laughs> your mind is like somewhere saying yes, yes, yes. And you can feel, I see it on your face, you're smiling, because yeah, you know how that feels. <laughs> oh beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Sabine. Okay, well, fantastic. We have Geraldine, La Casa, uh, Wingie coming up, Alisa. We've got a lot. We're just gonna go today. Well, as long as you can be with us here, we're just gonna keep going on and, and addressing everything that that comes. So Geraldine. You're next. You're on.
6: (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hey, David. Hey, Francis. So great to be here. What an amazing movie. Thank you. It's so well-timed for me right now. Um, So I had a question about choice. And I really feel like I've definitely been going through a dismantling process. um, Emotionally, a lot. I feel like I'm a lot all over the shop, really. Um, And it's really hard because I'm always used to being the rock. I'm always used to being the one who sorts stuff out. Um, And it's hard to kind of, I suppose, consider myself. And it's a self-concept that I'm not coping or I'm struggling um, to a certain degree. And I feel like um, I've been through a depression um, where I was questioning the meaning and my place in the world. And I think I, I cracked open about a year ago when I realized things weren't working. My life just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. So I went to therapy and I am um, working through some complex developmental trauma you know, um, and dealing with uh, flight and, and fight reactions, which have sabotaged a lot of my life. Um, I've had the success where I stuffed my emotions down and been that controlled professional. And then I've had the flight and fight, which has been the sabotaging aspect of me, particularly in in relationships and personal relationships. So now I'm, all of these emotions are coming up to the surface. Finally, you know, I'm allowing them up. I'm, I'm being vulnerable. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm, I'm unraveling and, it's hard to <laughs> contain them is the wrong word because I know, I know I'm not should sure be containing them, but it's really hard to be out, out of control and feel like out of control. So, and I feel like it causes conflict. Uh, my emotions are so on the surface that I can, you know, I, I make quick judgments or I, I, I say the wrong thing or I go into attack and it becomes this vicious circle where it's like you become shamed and disillusioned and you're like why why am i not getting this stuff so um i guess i just wanted to you know ask because i have a lot of anger um and i wanted to ask how i can release these emotions without projecting them on other people um in essence thank you mm.
0: thank you thank you Geraldine. yeah i think you're going through that experience that everyone goes through when, when we kind of take the lid off of um, a lot of these unconscious things. We just say, this has not served me. So it's gonna be intense. And um, the first part of, of letting them into awareness is the most intense uh, experience, the most intense uh, phase. And then the, the letting them go, we do get better and better at releasing them, uh, but, but they've been buried and hidden. And, and so we're used to clinging and protecting them and hiding them, that's been our pattern uh, because we've been addicted to the darkness. And now we're going through this healing process. So when they come up, I mean, I, I think for myself in the parable of David, that, that was always the, the most um, intense period for me too. I felt like I was losing it. Sometimes I just felt like I, I went out of my skin. I, I, need, I, I need to get away from this, but I don't seem to be able to get away. The intensity is so strong because I was just letting the, the emotions up. I wasn't gonna repress them anymore. And it's very individualized how Jesus works with us in this. I mean, it's sometimes, I would be like, I got. I went out of my skin, I got to get out of the house. And he would take me out into nature, uh, out to, to, a, to go camping or to be in a, a cabin out in nature, far, far away from people. He would have me t- take walks and talk to the trees. I'd say, I have got so much anger here. I feel like I'm gonna burst. And he'd say, see those rocks over there? go let it out on the rocks <laughs> he's he's really good at take telling me to scream at the rocks and not not the people <laughs> they come with straitjackets after you. <laughs> if, you, if you Jesus is really good at he said yeah you need you're just getting in touch with it and it's very intense and I'd say like Francis we that's so big of a part of our community for all these years we we have, at least we've done dyads, we've done uh, companions, mighty companions, partnerships. Even in our mystical mind training program, you, you have a, a mighty companion to join with where you can ex- express and let the stuff up. That's been, even though that's a, like a two year program online, we connect people who are doing it so they can both express. We try to match them up so they're kind of in the same time zone. So one's not going to sleep when the other's waking up. But this is the way that the Spirit orchestrates us and helps us navigate through this very intense period of healing, is through connecting, you know, just good old heart-to-heart connections. And, And now there's different expression sessions online and we have tribe and We have a lot of different ways where people can connect in this way, in a very heart-to-heart way, where where somebody can say, I hear you're really going through it, I'm here for you, I'm here, and and you can express. And then it may flip around, your mighty companion may need to express to you, (laughs) like, okay, I'm going through it, I need you. Whoever is the saner of the two, remember your gratitude to each other. So... It's, it varies. Um, when I was going through it in the parable of David, I, I kind of did a solo journey uh, pretty much. I mean, I, my dog Chipper, this female dog I had, that was my, uh, my unconditional positive regard uh, counselor. I emoted so much anger and rage and I cried so many tears. And all Chipper would do would be licking my tears with that pink tongue and with these big brown eyes. Like I was loved unconditionally as I cried and cried. I cried the Niagara Falls and Iguazu Falls out of my eyes actually. And this dog was just adoring me, loving me, licking the tears for years actually. I went through quite a few years in teenage years and early 20s. So if you're just right here witnessing to all of us this is your prayer you're just saying spirit i need help and i need some something that's tangible help because i believe in the world so i you're going to have to reach me with some kind of symbol that i feel safe with and i feel trusting with and then and then it works and yeah, Francis, you know, you, you've been through, we all go through this, we go through these intense, intense periods. Sometimes it plays out in body symptoms. Uh, I remember there was a time, Francis, when you it was your teeth, it was like all these pain and all these things were going on with your mouth. It, it comes in many different ways, seemingly psychosomatic ways, all, relationship ways, very intense coming together and partings. But yeah, what do you feel, Francis?
1: Well, I I totally feel it's the safety. You know, like you said, originally, there is such a, a judgment about what we're feeling um, in terms of lack like of understanding what is this. Like, it says something really dark about me. So we, we always want to repress and want to top up with some nice, I should be this, I should be that, like uh, Lisa in that movie. I, I should forgive, you know. I shouldn't be judging. Who am I to judge someone? But it was kind of from this top-down approach, and I found, um, you know, I I have to just give all the credit to Jesus because he knows at given period of time exactly what we need, and and it's like even coming to this community, the community configurates around that deep healing need that sometimes we were really given um period of time that that's very spacious and we live in a very spacious and nurturing spaces and allowing all those emotions to come up and people are more available to, to, to hold space for each other. We go through these expressions, sometimes multiple times a day. Like David is sometimes referring to, we had eight hour expression sessions early days. For everybody to emote, and then as as the clearing started to to reach a, a different phase, then it reached a place of a deep collaboration. And we use projects. We come together to really open up our communication with each other and pray together, fine fine tune to the guidance. So. I, I can't really even pinpoint a specific method, but I can just say that it seems like, you know, once we give this big yes to the healing journey, the world started to configure around our healing needs. Jesus started to arrange the relationships, the mighty companions, the communities for that. And the, the perfection of the plan is just unbelievable to me to watch for myself, for also everybody that I live with, just the perfection. So I I feel like, yeah, David has this amazing solo trip just to be with Jesus on his own. And some of us have different um, times with each other, but also alone as well. So I feel like it's come back to this beautiful, prayer in our heart, and like we give this journey to you, Jesus, and we trust you would bring the right um, the right person, the right companion, the right method to us.
0: Thank you, Geraldine.
1: Thank you, Geraldine.
0: Okay, looks like we're ready at La Casa de Milagros there.
1: Fabian.
7: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. OK, okay cool. So, um, so I have a, a couple of questions. But if you feel that maybe one question is more important, then you can just focus on one. It's really up to you. Uh, I don't want to you know, take too much of the time here. Um, so my first question is about um, guidance, creativity, and discernment between the two. Uh, the second question is about body uh feelings uh that comes out of the blue. Um so okay. Now the context for me is that I'm at the Casa right now, I'm doing the internship, it's very fun. I, I really love it. Um there's already so much healing that's happened, and a lot of com- stuff come stuff comes up uh, at the on the surface. Um and I feel the support here, which is amazing. Um, now, I came here with the intention of uh, with along with the internship program to also maybe work on some technical technology projects, you know, uh, VR or different kind of apps, all for the uh, purpose of uh, helping people awaken, and that includes me. Uh, now. I haven't really got a chance to work on those because I'm so busy here and I love it, actually. I've been doing a lot of uh, tasks here around following guidance, you know, uh, fixing stuff, uh, cleaning, uh, reorganizing stuff. And projects that are very fun to do, actually. I really enjoy those. Um, but I still have those ideas that comes up. You know, and sometimes I feel guilty. I almost feel guilty about them because uh, some ideas they're more around here, what's happening here. Uh, And so, you know, sometimes I share them, sometimes it feels like it's too much spontaneous. So I I feel bad about sometimes now by sharing those. I try to focus just on what I'm asked to do but uh, also have a lot of ideas that comes up about you know projects, you know like VR projects or things that we can do, that I, I'd love to do to basically help um, make the course more accessible uh, for people. But then there is this thoughts that comes up after that, we're, that are, well, am I supposed to do that? I mean, you just mentioned that example of Helen uh, and then Jesus telling her, you know, I love you, and so, you know, like, am I supposed to uh, to try to help the world? Because otherwise, I'm, or I just shouldn't worry about those, basically. Um, and I have many creative ideas that comes up, you know. And so, you know, I'm torn right now because I, I don't know if, uh, and and those there's just ideas, you know. I haven't done anything. I haven't. I'm having even, even time for those. So so that's for that, you know, about discernment on what to do with those. And the other question is about body sensations. Uh, so I'm very sensitive. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a self-concept actually, but uh, I feel sometimes, especially since I'm here, that I've been having those weird sensation coming up all the time. Even now it's been very intense. Actually, as I was thinking about my question, they started coming up and that's why I'm bringing that question. And, and they can be very like, it's like adrenaline almost, but sometimes it's kind of like that, the, that feeling you can get when you are in a situation where there's a lot of fear, there's something that you don't expect that's coming up, you know, maybe what happens when you are in a car accident or things like that, you know, but they are like bursts that comes all the time. Especially when I have ideas, when I'm thinking they just come and, and they, I don't, Expect them to come, but they just come and and am just just wondering if it's something that you you both know about, experienced, or you know uh, if I just should just hold space and then not judge them. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Fabian. Well, Frances just she just kind of gave a beautiful. Um, it was almost like a a rainbow of phases that you go through. Um, we're facing emotions when we were, I was just sharing briefly about how intense it can be. And, and you're talking about when you feel sensitive to this, you feel all kinds of different things that seem to be based in the body or, or you experience them through the body. And then I think overall, like one of the last things that Francis was mentioning was like the collaborative projects that was more farther along and then even with Nana, with her deep experience, she's been doing volunteering and helping out with so many different things, but now she's starting to merge into this deeper like witnessing state of watching the dream figures and feeling the merge and connection with Jesus. So just briefly, I would just say that that once, I mean, you came out from, from the workaday world and, and your skills being used you know, for productivity and profit and all those kind of things. And now you've dropped uh, into a whole different phase from that. And and that's where I think the sensitivity is coming in. Because I had the same thing in the parable of David. You know, I was in university going, going, going on the wheel for like 10 years full time. And then Jesus took me out to a hermitage in the woods of Kentucky uh, with no running water. And I was with all the the animals and the birds and the bugs and and everything. So I can understand you've, you're kind of going through almost like a detox in some way, a mental detox. Your mind is very creative. You You have lots of skills. You have lots of ideas bubbling on your mind. It's like a fountain with bubbling ideas coming up, but you're going through a pretty much of a phase of dismantling Um, and and instead of having all these choices to deal with in the world, it's more of, okay, what's my purpose? Listen and follow and and pay attention to my emotions, which is more what, Francis, you were describing as more one of the earlier phases that you went through when you went to the monastery for the first time. And, And only thing I could say with that, and Francis, you can address this too, is that I find that Jesus has, he knows our skills, abilities. He knows what we're capable of doing for the whole universe. You know, like you say, as a blessing for everyone. But we have to do it on his timing. I mean, a lot of times I had so many ideas. I was ready, ready, ready. And Jesus was kind of like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Just wait. I've got you in this phase right now. And first he took me. You know, out of university 10 years full time, then off to live in the woods of Kentucky for a while, going to see my friend Mason, starting to go to course groups and speaking. Then he took me on big road trips five and a half, six week trips around the United States. There were so many phases. I mean, I could tell you in the last 30, 36 years, I've gone through so many different phases. But the one thing I can tell you is trust in Jesus, trust in the one within who knows the big picture, who knows what phases you need to go through first, be patient. I was always saying to Jesus, okay, what's next? What's next? And he's like, Come down here. I've got plenty for you right now. You've got a full plate right now. You're asking a lot of what next questions for me. But and the, And there were lots of phases, world travels, communities, centers around different parts of the world, and, and going with Francis to China, that was the whole thing for both of us, that we were we were just trusting going over to China. We had no idea what we were going to face over there, how it would even happen when we got there. We just kept being faithful and willing to, to not try to push it and not try to figure it out, because I feel that Jesus and Spirit has a lot for you in terms of collaborations. Spirit's going to use your your willingness to the max. But right now, that's where the sensitivities are coming up in your body, because you're just facing some things that, that you weren't even aware of, and now they're coming up. Uh, and, and yeah, maybe Francis, you can address what Fabian's going through here.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny, I was just thinking of Soren this whole time, because he first came, He's uh, he's been in the filmmaking business for 30 some years, and he came with a film project. And yet, the whole project, he has so many ideas. And the whole lesson for him to feel happy is to let go of all his ideas, and trust the guidance that's given. No matter how it looks like and how it feels like comparing to the past experiences and past, past knowledge so the film project lasted for i think the first couple of years when he came here and three years ago 2019 he and i Sora and i took a road trip from denmark all the way to spain and on the trip we were driving and we see so many windmills along the way, and then Soren just said to me, "You know, Francis, that what would, would be my passion? It would be to build a windmill for, for our community in Spain, because we just got a, a house in Spain. So I thought a windmill." And he said, "Yeah." So I thought, "Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty far out. I can't think of building a windmill." <laughs> but but then. Um, A week ago, David called me and he said, You know, I think I think we want to build a windmill. And I thought, oh. Then Jason called me the next day. He said, David is thinking of building a windmill. I said, You know who is your man? It's Soren. Soren has been (laughs) years
0: later. (laughs) (laughs) Years later. Soren's like, yes
1: i saw it was like oh okay that that would be thrilling that's the word he used thrilling <laughs> when the spirit is taking over of your life it's it's thrilling that's so yeah that's uh, uh, uh I hope that example answers some of the questions you have just trust trust there is um cracking open now, trusting there is uh um yeah, it's like a um, repurpose going on, a shifting, reorientation, then, all, oh, this given idea is going to come through. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful use.:
0: That's, That's a great God's timing story. <laughs> <laughs> really truly we wait.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, OK, Wenji, thank you for your patience. Uh, Hi. You have um, to unmute.
8: Yeah, uh, it's so nice to hear all the happy miracles happening in people's lives. And I felt I'm in the phase where I really could feel the one, the one spirit uh, with the u- whole uh, universe, with everybody. Then it just weighs on my heart when things don't happen in the right way. And I I did ask the question on Friday a little bit. So it sounds like I just cannot understand. So when things go right, then we we say, oh, this is a miracle because Jesus or God provided us. But then when things don't go right, and we say that's our ego. It's just, uh, it doesn't sound right. It sounds like we're a little pretentious here to say that, if if we would trust God provided everything, then it should be everything. It should be good or bad. We cannot just say, oh, all the good things were provided by God, but then the bad things, it's by our ego. It's kind of not convincing in a way. And I do feel very heavy when there is. Any suffering, any sickness, any disaster in the world, because so I do feel that one with every with every I don't know sentient being, and that uh, it's not for myself. I, I felt I'm blessed, but I felt heavy when there there are suffering in the world. In this room, there there are people suffering. And I cannot smell happy there because there are people suffering in pain. They are they're sick or they are going through very difficult situations. So,
0: well, I can um, start to address some of that because you're you're bringing up a lot of topics. Um, one of them is that when we think in terms of of good and bad, or right and wrong, or positive and negative. Um, there's even a song that says, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, don't go for Mr. In-Between. Uh, that's a, a, a light song. But, but what we learn in spirituality from, from the Master, from Jesus, is that, that suffering is a perception. And that perception always involves our mind, uh, our, our, what we perceive in the world. And what we perceive when we look at people's faces on Zoom, or we hear their tone of voices, or we we hear what they're going through. Suffering is always a perception, and and that perception is based on an interpretation. So we make a, a decision in our mind, an interpretation, and then we perceive in the world based on that interpretation. So when we think of someone like Buddha or Jesus or the, the masters that seem to transcend um, physical discomfort, transcending pain, psychological pain, uh, transcending all types of, of suffering and discomfort, uh, this is not a path of trying to deny something, it's, it's a path in going so deep inside of our mind, that we can come to the truth. But this truth is is not two. It's not dual. Uh, there there aren't there isn't something like goodness and and suffering. it's It's only love and light. That is the nature of reality. That's the oneness you experience when you you feel it and you go, "Oh my gosh, God, I love you so much, and thank you and I want to feel this always. I want to feel this always. And that's your prayer. You're, you're praying. You're saying, I want to feel this always. So when we perceive something is going wrong, when we perceive some suffering or mistreatment or abuse or war or anything that, you know, doesn't feel good, that is presenting us with another step inward to to release that which God did not create. And when you spoke on Friday, you were, you were bringing that up. You were saying, you didn't use at that time, you didn't use the word pretentious, but you thought this something's not right. Oh, just give my life over to God and then God will take care of me. And But what about the people over there? Is, is, is God taking care of them? And what about the ones over there? Is God taking care of them?" So miracles come through us, and they, they show us, they're convincing us that when we listen to our intuition, when we line up with God, then we perceive a sense of calm, a sense of peace, a sense of joy. It's coming from that alignment. And when we are not in alignment, it's it's a lesson for us. We face so many lessons in this world. In, in the course of what seems to be a whole lifetime, we face so many trials, tribulations. Um, you even used the word, I think on Friday, you said, is, is like God testing us? Is God like testing us? And it's not so much God testing us, but but we're, testing in our mind if we can believe something other than what god gave us <laughs> we're we're testing out we're testing out an identity question <laughs> you know in heaven it's just spirit it's just i am spirit i am one but when we play the male female game when we play the country game when we play the working game or the I'm interested in this, but I'm not interested in this, I'm attracted to this, but I'm I'm repelled by that. That game is where our, we lose touch with the oneness. We lose touch with the spirit when we engage in that. So I, I think for myself, and I know with Francis, we we both played that game a lot, we both went through a lot of education, we went through job experiences, relationship experiences, many different experiences in the world. And then the prayer of the heart though is always, God, I want you, I want I want to feel that connection with you. And it's not really pretentious in the sense that, it. I would say it's a choice in our mind, but, but we have to really have a deep, a deep, deep connection with spirit in order to consistently choose that joy and happiness. Uh, until we have that deep, deep connection, then we just get to practice with so many things. So many things. And I did see on your, when you wrote in, are you in Ohio? That's funny, because that's my next destination. I'm coming to... Uh, I'm coming to Ohio. So I thought maybe it'd be nice to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. <laughs> then we can explore these things at, 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 at length, you know, with a much broader context just over some tea or coffee. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wenji.
2: Okay, Alisa.
9: Thanks, everyone. Um, I wanted to share um, I was hearing about choice uh, and I at some point really felt like all that you were sharing all that was shared was for me uh, but I just uh, I just wanted to bring up something because um, I don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity to to ask you about this <laughs> Again, so uh, when I I heard Frances saying that, you know, when she was at the monastery, she wanted to know what was she supposed after the six months, like ahead of time. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, because I was, I was supposed to make a decision tomorrow, not even in six months, as far as as my job. And actually, I think I was supposed to make a decision a a month ago. Or two weeks ago, when I received this email from from this 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 guy from from work, so I'm like, um, you know, I um, and then I heard, uh, you know, I think it was Francis that saying, "Hey, I need tangible help or tangible answers," and I'm like, "Yes, I need something tangible too." At this point, um, I, you know, I, I I don't I don't seem to have a, a job at this time um i i don't know if i should go back to that job but sending some email i don't even know if i still have a job because yeah i don't know and i don't know if what's gonna happen as far as finances and um, if i'm gonna stay in this apartment or not i share that on friday um so i i, I and i and then I, I heard nana's sharing i was like oh that's so beautiful and and but i'm i don't know I, at this po- I was like. So in alignment, and then when the (laughs) last with with the last sharing, something in me could relate to those fears too and doubts. So, I I I I don't know what what to do anymore. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well,
0: we. We had Fabian, who who just um, shared very recently too, and Fabian was was kind of in this kind of situation uh, recently where he decided to leave, you know, to to talk to his boss and 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 communicate and correspond and everything, and that, you know, seemingly for him it was a it was a big step, that was a very big step, and even. Today, he was just sharing the sensitivities and the things that are coming up. Um, when we seem to take a step that's a big step in the world, then we oftentimes face a lot of emotions. And you're, that's what you're sharing. You have been sharing for some time that these, even before the letter, uh, you really were not happy, really fulfilled and happy with the job. and. Um, We've had that. I mean, Frances just had a one-on-one very recently, and that she shared a little bit of that on Friday where there was this woman who was saying, I'm not happy with what I'm doing, but I believe I have to do these things. And it's been harder and harder to motivate myself to do these things. Like she was really struggling and struggling and struggling to motivate herself, and then she, got, she failed uh, the exam. And, and that's, when we look at that, it's not so much in terms of a good or bad thing, but it's more that, that we always get what we're praying for in our heart of hearts. You know, we're praying for something that we want that's joyful, we're praying for an experience of joy and happiness. And then the things that seem to occur are the steps of the spirit arranging time and space for us to be answered. Uh, like when this woman told Francis, you know, now, now I've failed uh, the exam. But Francis said, Well, what if you had passed the exam? What would be be your reward, which would be your next step, would be like a nine-month internship that she would not enjoy. <laughs> she said she wouldn't enjoy the nine-month internship if she had passed. So Francis is like, good, good, well, you failed. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> then you see the, the blessing of that. Because I've had that happen in the parable of David so many times, where things would fall apart, or I would lose a job, or I would... Lose something. and initially, i I had sadness and stress initially with my first interpretation of what happened. And then amazingly, I would discover, you know that actually it was a good thing <laughs> that was happening But my mind wasn't wasn't quite there yet. you know i was I was stressing out over the outcome. So I think that's probably what your counseling call was about, Francis, was about, you know, we, that's where the faith comes in to, to say, wow, if I have not been happy and I've been praying for, for love and for joy and connection, then it must be, because all things work together for good, it must be that this is orchestrated for, for my mind's benefit. Maybe not my person, personality doesn't like it at all, but this must be for my mind's benefit.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was also saying she was at the finishing line, meaning that there was so much investment already invested. It was her last subject to get the degree so that she can earn money. And I said, "What well, David had 10 years of university and, she, and he walked away, walked away. And there's like this... Feeling of we invested so much, so we can't let it go now. Because what we have, and I said, not only David walked away from ten years, he deleted his resume as the next step, meaning no Plan B, <laughs> no Plan B. This is that's, and then the rest of the life is what is 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 a, actually a learning to for the mind to learn that that's truly not what we need because we're not from here and none of this can sustain us and that's really then we, we really get into the curriculum from that point on so yeah
9: thank you and thank you for that yes i was not happy in that job and thank you i i I yeah but <laughs> but no i'm really like it, where is the money gonna come from? That's my my basically my question. Like you understand what I'm going through, um, y- you know who's gonna pay the rent? Am I gonna have to leave the apartment and go back to my parents or I don't know where? So it's like I'm in that place of uncertainty. It's like, oh my god, if I don't get this job back, okay, I didn't, I wasn't happy. That's true. Maybe it's a good thing. Yes, but I'm like, I wish something would happen, something tangible that would be, okay, you're going to be okay. You know, you won't lack anything. You're going to have a roof over your head. You won't have to go back to live with people that you don't feel comfortable with, you know, my family or whatever. And you know, that, that, that hope because you know, it doesn't feel good to feel stressed or like you don't know what's going to happen to you. And even with relationships, I told you about this, this guy, and the last guy his name is juan carlos not my ex but the the new one and she showed up and then he disappeared and he showed up again recently and now he disappeared again (laughs) so it seems like whenever i seem to open my heart to to guys like just express to them just be being genuine or um honest they seem to just go I don't know. It does, in the in the in the movie it doesn't seem like a good thing. But I don't know if it's gonna lead to something good as far as relationship with guys. I don't want. I don't want to be a nun. You also mentioned you're not. You're not gonna be a nun. <laughs> so I'm like, God, am I gonna find a, a a good relationship? And you know, it's not that it's the goal. Like when I hear you talk about the merch with with that that love. I'm like, well, then relationships. But before getting there, you know, I was hoping that I don't know, like a gift to me. Oh, yeah, you can have a, a beautiful relationship or but that I would like you to please address that. And also the fact about the income, like where is it going to come from or what should I do about that? You know, I don't want to worry, but I'm like, what should I do? Should I leave the apartment? Should I call a landlord and say, hey, you know what? I, I have to leave and you know, everything about money. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know you in recent weeks and then on Friday, you were bringing this up and, and I remember I could just say, oh, wow, does Jesus have a movie for you on Saturday? Uh, so let's look at at uh, Reese Witherspoon and she's playing this this character. Uh, and, and basically, how old are you? Uh, she was 31. You're 36. Okay. So 35. Okay. Okay. So what was her name in, in the movie? Um was it? Lisa. Lisa. So Lisa's 31. She she you get an email that says, you know, basically, this is this is not good for you. You have to do this and this or you're out of a job. She got. She got a message on there that she was out of a job. You're both four years apart. Jesus is like saying, my, my gosh, how, what, I'm trying to do my best. It's the best movie I could come up with. She's four years apart. And she had the same relationship thing. She was in and out and in and out of this relationship with Maddie uh, for the movie, like with Juan Carlos. You've got parallels going on. And she was trying to solve what she would do. She was like looking at what she could do. And she was. She mentioned it a few times, all the ideas that she had. But in the end, um, it, she was brought together into a relationship when it, it didn't seem to be have anything to do with her career. Uh, that wasn't even addressed what she would be doing. The movie just left with them two coming together. So when you say, I'm afraid now because I don't know what's going to happen. I would say you're afraid because you believe you do know what's going to happen. You see, if you really didn't know what was going to happen, like these two characters in the movie, you you would be laughing all the time because look how they lit up. They just, They went through all kinds of things and they just lit up like like so much light. So this is where the spiritual journey comes in because this is where trust gets developed. You know, the old thing about God doesn't give you a fish. He, he teaches you how to fish. And God doesn't give you the outcome answers. He gives you the, the steps to look inside and release what you already believe you know. There probably there's a voice in your mind that's saying, listen, at least you're 35 years old, you don't have a guy, uh, you, you're almost on the cusp of losing your job. And I, there was a time in my life where I was actually in that mindset and I was, was pretty worried. I was actually pretty worried. But once I started to take leaps of faith, uh, of really saying, hmm, let's really see here. Like I said, I didn't like to travel, Jesus took me traveling. I didn't like to speak. I was shy. Jesus had me speaking. I didn't like hanging around people. Jesus always had me on the road, not in the hotel room by myself, but always hanging with people everywhere hostels, houses. Jesus was throwing me together with people, 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 people. I was a loner. He threw me people, people. I was shy. He' was, speak, 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 speak. I like to stay in one place. He's like, travel, 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 travel. You see, we have to really trust the spirit that knows what it's doing. Just like in the movie, spirit pulled it off beautifully. But the characters, they just had to trust because it wasn't what they thought it would be. It didn't go the way they were imagining it would go. It went in a whole different direction and i think for francis and i that's the way our lives have gone neither of us could have predicted our lives would have gone this way they went in a very different direction than than our conditioning had had uh, told us they would go and francis always said you know she wanted to work hard for many years save up her money and then when she retired and she had a nice big nest egg she would travel the world and meet people and see all these different countries. The only thing it got flipped, she, she got to travel the world and meet all the people before the pandemic. <laughs> and even that was beautiful. It got got it all in when, when there was easy travel. <laughs> and you see how it all comes in a way that's even better than we can imagine. But we do have to we do have to have that sincere prayer of like, show me, you know, I'm willing to take the step, I'm willing to take the leaps. If this is the end of your uh, translating career for this uh, company and was it Oregon, you know, if, if this is, this, is this at the end of it, then then there has to be something really that lights you up that will draw you to the next thing. Because you know that's just the way it works. We, we keep expanding when we keep praying and we keep listening and following. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Elisa. <laughs> okay. Okay. Peter, hey. We get to see you again, Peter. Wonderful.
4: Yes, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello, hello. Um, Thank you so far for a very nice uh, weekend, and uh, all that was uh, addressed to was uh, a blessing for my soul, I must say. And uh, to express my gratitude, there's a a poem, and it's about possibilities on a voyage of discovery. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, once wrote that we are more afraid of showing our light than of living in the dark. This poem addresses people who feel shy and afraid, who feel as being lesser children of God, people who need some extra time. This poem is aiming to encourage you. It's meant to understand those people, or maybe when a mighty companion intuitively knowing what to do in case of emergency. It is not possible to be of use when your ego decides. Leave the sacred moment of timing to Jesus. This poem is a poem of compassion, of understanding. I feel what it can be like when you don't have a lot of self-confidence, when you sometimes find it difficult, to resolve in front of other people. I've been there and done that. I remember I was too scared to start a telephone call, afraid of not having enough words to say. Open up to the possibility that you could be infinitely greater than your ego can imagine you to be. Therefore, ego is just too afraid. Ego has fear. Uh What you really are is a hero. The coward called ego is terrified by your hero. No, don't believe me. From the perspective of ego, it's not possible. Ego can't stand, can't, and won't do that. Happily for you and love, it's not ego traveling. Only God knows how great you really are. Leave all the judgment to God, hand it over to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Start working from that role and just see it as your own voyage of discovery. They know what to do. In heaven, there's a huge love lamp it's used to shine away all your illusions. That's it. Oh, that's perfect.
0: That's, that is like another thing for Elisa. That's the, that's the icing and the whipped cream and the cherry on top for Elisa. <laughs> that's good. And I love the way you speak it. You know, I watched a movie years ago, and it was Peter Sellers' last movie. It was called Being There. And the way you're speaking these beautiful teachings out is kind of like a mystical Peter Sellers being there moment for me. I always wish I could have met and talked to Peter Sellers, and you've just done that for me. He was one of the greatest comedians in the history, and, and he had just a way of speaking in the being there, slowly, deliberately, and these beautiful words rolled off of his tongue, and you Gave us these wonderful teachings in the, It's like a Peter Sellers. I feel like I'm, I'm with Peter Sellers right now. So thank you, thank you, Peter. And your name is Peter too. Jesus, like, what have I got to do for you, Jesus? David, I'll give you everything. Give, this is your Peter Sellers moment. So enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe some of you will watch being there now. If you see being there, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll you'll feel it too. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Peter. Okay, we've got three more to go, and it looks like Jose is up first here. Hi, Jose.
2: Hi. Uh, I tried to speak in English. Um, I'm from yesterday. In the movie... I feel the, the 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 words, the honest, no, the truly communication from the heart to heart. And I feel so grateful because when I speak, when I when I hear you, or Francis, or the other uh, sister and brother. Um, I feel my, the words is dancing in my heart um, and say yes. I want to, to live in the, the happy dream. It's possible to me. And I feel very a lot of love from Jesus, um, I feel very close from you and I feel blessing um, Thank you. Thank you for chanting to love. because I feel it guide me to the real love. Thank you.
0: We mm, are so blessed. we are all so blessed. Oh, thank you, God, for bringing us together in this way, so we can rejoice and feel the love. Feel it. Thank you. Thank you, Jose.
2: Thank you so much. Hey, okay, Wesley
0: and Angie. Hi.
10: Hi. Hi David, Frances, Hi. everybody. Thank you very much for everything. And my question is, how can really let it go the believe in in attack? It's, I know that is the ego belief. We believe in the ego, but it's so strong. Look like come the come up something. And express and pray for for the creation and calm the miracles and feel peace and feel union and connection again and other thing another thing another thing and never to stop it's like like this belief in ego is so strong, and immediately come other thing with the ego to attack one each other and Lord Basement in his, in these bodies that we are, Angie and Wesley. That this character wants something with the ego, and when they not receive that they want, is like this: I want fight with you. You are the responsible for that. I want kill you. It's, it's so strong, and and in the morning when it start the session, we feel this oh, a strong separation, even that not saying the word like. Oh separation, attack on each other. And we eat bread in silence, but feeling this energy separation that always come up. And we seem to sharing in the in the session and have two little uh, doggies now that two days ago come other with with our doggy that we have. And they start fighting one each other attack really bad in front of us and it's i need put one outside to separation and feel this is only our mind show us this is a strong to believe that even at that and i know one more that not made me feel happy and i don't know how I can let it go because it's like one thing after another and I can feel happy and peaceful with this belief in the mind that is too much how can how can do this is my question thank you yeah,
0: yeah. well I know in in my parable I I Studied the course for so long and practiced and kept praying and practicing and practicing and and there were times where it just got to be so intense that I had the same feeling like I, I don't know if I'm gonna ever be able to get away from this attack like it's it's so deeply ingrained or something that it runs so deep and. Um, I think at one point I just, I just prayed, please help me, and I opened the, the course book up. And the sentence that I read was pretty late, very, very late in the text that I opened to. And it said, the role of the accuser will appear in many forms. And it will seem to be accusing you but then it said have no fear it will go at last and this was when i was in a period of like i can't even stand this attack it's like it's like it's ingrained or something it's like it's it's like, like you feel it's like in it's in your DNA, it's really it's it's in the mind. It's very, very, very deep. And then there was another part that helped me where Jesus talked about a lifelong learning partner, and he and and he said, it's very rare when you have a lifelong learning partner, and it said that the two may be hostile. toward each other, perhaps for life. So for me, I thought, wow, he's saying that even in this rare circumstance where you join together with a partner, that you're here to forgive, you're here to look for the lessons of forgiveness, that we can get an idea in our mind, like I, I want a happy life, I want joy, I want happiness and then and then what we seem to go through is the clearing away like when i was talking to uh, Wingy, i uh, was saying we 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 pray for the happiness we pray for the joy we've had moments of great joy great happiness even whenever you post your wedding photos i always just have a great smile on my face cuz i I remember that moment, and all of us there, and all the happiness that we shared there at La Casa with your wedding. It was amazing wedding, and and then that's that's the standard. That's 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 what you want. That feeling, that experience, of that love, bursting love for everyone. You know, everyone, everyone's included in it. And that, that is there, it won't go away. You know, we, we won't be complete. We won't be finished until we have that experience, you know, lasting experience in our heart. So you and Wesley have chosen a very deep, deep healing journey. And, and I've had the same kind of things happen. Of course, the interpersonal, the, the conflicts come up, um, one time I had a, a friend of mine that came to the peace house to live with me at the peace house and she brought her two cats and I had two two cats and it was a, a cat fight. When, when she came into the house, they were just, it was like we were in the jungle in the kitchen, they were and claws and screaming and chasing each other and everything. And, and yet, as I was sitting at the kitchen table, I, I did think, I said, oh, this is all for me. <laughs> to, not, to not give, read meaning into it, to not, to not be tricked by it, you know, it, it's so much always our inner lesson, you know, to, to find peace. Like my friend Dorothy that I've been mentioning recently, she just has, has a mindset where things that happen in the world even to her own body, don't seem to uh, disturb her at all. She she laughs through, through everything. But that's that's a very high state of mind. That's that's a lot of mind training. I think prior to this lifetime, you know, there like Jesus apparently went through like seven, uh, seven of these incarnation things or bestowals they're called in the Urantia book, but. Uh, that's not bad seven, but I have a feeling some of us have have had more like seventy seven or seven hundred and seventy seven and Jesus did it in seven. He must have had a lot of willingness to to get it to experience that in seven seeming lifetimes, but for the rest of us, all you can do every day is is keep the faith and as Jesus says, whoever is the saner of the two between you and Wesley, uh, remember how important this is. You're the one that has to bring bring forth the light, the light and the peace. And when you both feel it, then you have to do like the two in the movie. You you just like you did. You eat in silence, and you face whatever's coming. And then even when the dogs go after each other you have to keep eating that meal <laughs> and don't give in you know even when the dogs go after each other you're just getting the full the full opportunity is really what it is you know and we're joined with you we're we're with you all the way in this you know we're we're going to be with each other all the way through everything through whatever it looks like yeah so thank you it's so great to see you both it's so great to be with you both and be joined with you in this very holy purpose. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Okay, Alma. <laughs>
11: Hi everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, the, the communication device is on. Okay, uh, well, Hi to everybody. I enjoyed this weekend a lot. I'm very excited because next June I'm gonna be there in the Tabula Rasa retreat for two weeks. So I'm very excited to learn. You know, to go deeply in this marvelous, marvelous state of mind. And uh, I I want to talk about the George. You know, uh, to begin, I'm in love with Paul Roth. No, I'm in love, well, my avatar is in love with Paul Rudd. And i I seen that movie 10,000 times, maybe, maybe. But of course, as, as usual, it's very, very different to, to see, to watch a movie with the explanation of uh, David and without it. And uh, I, I love this uh, state of innocence and I, I, I see the state of, uh, you, you remark a lot of the state of innocence and how we are innocent all the time. And that is amazing for me because to recognize that innocence, it, you know, erase all, all the guilt, all the anger, all the, all the responsibilities, all the heavy things in my life. I I try to be wise and to live the happy dream. And even uh, uh, I know the good and pretty things are also an illusion. But I, I'll I'll try to be wise and to, to keep it uh, all the time with me, just to to enjoy this time and this uh, you know in this matrix or whatever it is, everything. And I learn I learned, and, and 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 i i think and <clears throat> that uh, I remember i know i i begin in, in this car in the and in, in the miracle, in the miracles uh, with the pandemic you know with the pandemic by an invitation of a friend and I have two years in this uh, environment with you and uh, and before that, I already learned to stop asking for things. You know, I'm 60 now, but before, before that, I stopped asking for things because I said, I, work, uh, I, work it, I worked in a place in the government and for free as a volunteer. And people ask me, you have 11 years working here Working here as a volunteer, generally people work uh, as a volunteer three months and then ask for a job. And you have here five, and then they call me at the 10 years and and tell me, what are you doing there? And I remember saying, um, life already gave me too many things that I have to go to, to go back to go to give in return all the good things. And that was the time when I learned to say thank you instead of, of ask for things. You know, because I remember my father telling me my father was a very wise avatar. And uh, and, and here in hearing the projection, because my father, you know who he is, woo, as we are our brothers. Uh, but here in hearing the, and my father always said, the poor people is the, the, People who ask for more, the rich people is the people who is happy and appreciate what what they have. So I learned that from my my avatar father and uh, and I practice it a lot and my life changed a lot because I always and I am psychotherapist and I. Oh, okay, mm, you have to do this exercise. I said to my to my my, my clients, do the uh, uh, thanking thank thanks praying thanks praying something like that. Mm-hmm. When that. When you feel bad, when you feel bad, you have to start to say thank you for everything you have. I can see, I can breathe. I have a glass of water, I have a roof, I have something to eat this morning, I have, I can walk, I have had water, I have whatever it is. And and before the, the miracles, uh, that that was my miracle. My life changed, you know how immense. So I practice that all the time, all the time, and the first moment that I start to feel, why, uh, oh, oh, you know, attacks, dangers. I know you told uh, the curse, this is, is well said curse, because maybe it's a bad word, no? Curse is okay, I pronounced it well, right, yeah. yeah. The curse talks um, about- uh, We're just
0: yeah. coming towards the end, so if you can try to just come in- Ah, yeah, it up. okay.
11: And yeah. That's, what, that's what I want to, to, to tell you that uh george in that innocence remember me saying thank you thank you thank you and instead of please give me please give me because give me always is in the future as you said david and future does not exist and thank you in this moment is the holy instant the contact directly with god thank you thank you everybody
0: thank you thank you alma Lisa, I think that's another one for you. <laughs> Jesus is piling it on. He's throwing nuts on top of the, the Sunday and, the, and everything. You know, when I hear you speak, Alma too, I'm, I'm reminded of when I meet my, my, met my friend Dorothy because uh, she reached a point in her life where she just thought, that's all I'm gonna do. I just I'm just gonna live in a state of great gratitude and thankfulness. And as soon as she did that, she ended up getting without asking for it, she got a job and a car and a house given to her. Given to her. Like you, I could see, I could feel that with your vibe. As soon as she quit asking and she just said thank you, and she just was so grateful and an acceptance, she would laugh and tell me all her parables. She said, it was Everything started coming to her, a job she didn't search for, a car that she didn't even search for or try to get, and then a house was given to her, too. And she, at that point, she was laughing so hard when it happened that she said to, she said to Spirit, turn it off. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it her new experiment went went so strong that she said turn it off turn it off please turn it off so this is perfect thank you for your witness of sharing that because that's that's perfect for the happy dream that's the that's the prayer of gratitude and thank you thank you so much with all those beautiful paintings too behind you that's a beautiful way to end our our happy dream retreat with Colorful paintings. Ah, lovely. There they are. <laughs> the rabbits, the, the birds are all sitting side by side. Everyone's together. The fishies. Joy to the fishies in the deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. And thank you, Francis. What a We did have a lot of happiness in this you all joined together. We had a huge happiness fest over this uh, this weekend and thank you Jesus for giving us such a good movie. I, I'm just so touched by it. And I think one thing that came to me today was uh, Jesus said if anybody is still carrying like a heaviness in their heart uh, after this retreat, he said, Tell them that I'll give such a strong movie uh, next Saturday that it will surely touch parts of the mind that they're not aware of. It, it's, I don't. He doesn't really show uh, these movies very often. Like he's going to show next week, and it, it's not. It's just Sunday, and he's already telling me uh, what the movie's going to be. But it's, it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty intense. I, I did show the movie uh, Whitney one time, and so this is along those lines. Uh, that was a very intense, almost like a roto ruler of healing. Um, so if anybody's still feeling uh, anything less than happy, if you get a chance, tune in next next Saturday, because Jesus has got another one up the pipeline.
1: Oh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. I think uh, Peter just told me before we started that we have a video actually to show all of you for our next month's online retreat, which is a beautiful, beautiful topic, this holy instant.
0: What is the purpose for this world? What is the purpose for my relationships? What is the point of time and space? Jesus says, well it's the present moment is the point. Everything we experience is actually simultaneous. All the the seeming anomalies of what we could do in parallel universes or multi-universes, they're all happening at the same time. And I will say that you will be indescribably happy if you realize that time is simultaneous. But it requires that we have to let go of our time ideas. Jesus is saying, don't hope for a better future. I've got a present moment for you that you're gonna love.